two, three. Okay, that's getting better. That's getting better. All right. So what we're doing today is different. Um, we're not having a sermon per se, although I got scriptures to make it official. So that way, you know, it can be like a sermon. Uh, but I'm wanting to talk about this year because when we first moved here four and a half years ago, I said it very clearly and I said it many, many times. It's an indictment against the Lord's church that we are not evangelistic. The Lord's church is not. There are individuals that are evangelistic, but on a whole in this country, we're not. And there are a variety of reasons why that is the case. And so one of the things that we're really focused on, uh, two things if you will. Number one was on if we can see what God has done for us, the grace that God has provided for us, you cannot help but give thanks to him. And by virtue of that thanksgiving, draw near to him. And through that relationship of seeing our poverty and our need, be able to see others then in that light. And when you have that true love for God and a true love for your neighbor, it is then that you can go forward and do things that are, as was mentioned this morning, out of your comfort zone. And so we talked about that and hounded upon it. And one of the things that was coupled with that then was, who is it that we can share God's word that would readily receive it? And is my contention that those who can see their own poverty, can see their need for a savior, are much more likely to hear the good news and receive it. That's where we're at in our, in our walk. And so this year, or let me go back up to uh, the ending of 2013 because the door really opened up for us with Jim and Shirley at Davidson County with the jail. And that was, I believe, a catalyst for the beginning of this year. And so the thing that we did was when we got together at the beginning of 2014, we got like at the end of March, one of the things that we really focused on with our retreat, the elders' retreat, and by the way, for, for those that don't know about the elders' retreat, this has been going on for about four years now, every spring, and the elders get together, and what they've done is they've asked certain families within the congregation, and hopefully as the years go on, more and more families are being asked. And so what we wanted to focus on was more involvement. How do you get a congregation whereupon you have a percentage, if you will, that is very active in the work of our Lord? And what this is not saying is that there aren't things that are going on in your own lives in service to the Lord. That's not my, the point here. But how can we get more Christians involved in an active work in reaching the gospel to our society, to our community? And so that was the discussion that we had over that day and a half period. And with that in mind, these are the things that we, well, I'm going to get to the, the thing, but this is the, the scripture that was overseeing this workshop, if you will. And it's out of Ephesians chapter 4 that says, the whole body joined in it together by what every joint supplies. And so if not every joint is supplying to that body, what can we do so that this whole body is working together for the cause of Christ? And so that passage goes on to says that it is according to the effective working by which every part does its share. And here's the result growth the lord adds to his body daily those who are going to be saved because that's his desire he wants to bring salvation to those who are lost and remember those who don't know their loss or don't believe their loss there's no need for us to be going to them because they don't need the great physician but when we come to individuals that know that they're broken 
you'd be surprised how wonderful the reception is to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so we looked at um, three main things. And the first thing we talked about at this workshop with the theme, if you will, of this workshop was ways that we are currently reaching out to our brethren and those who are in need of our Savior. So how can we help our brothers and sisters in Christ and how can we help those in our community? That was one of the things that we talked about. Then how can we motivate one another in the body of Christ to have this interest in reaching others? You see, it's easy for us to say, well, that's someone else's job. I don't have this talent. Well, you know, and, and there may be actual very legitimate reasons that you cannot be reaching out at this point. This may not be your quote-unquote season in your life to be able to do these things. And that led us to this third way where practical ways of encouraging brethren to reaching out to others. You may be the one that needs to be reached out to. You may be the one, but you need to let us know that you are that one, if you will, and that we can encourage you so that when you are in a position to be able to go out and share good news with others and share the love of Christ with others, then, then you're adding to this whole goal, if you will, of every joint supplying what it can. Now, that said, we know that not every one of us have the gift of speech or knowledge or hospitality, but you've got one of those areas or multiplicity of areas that you can help in the cause of Christ. And so what we are trying to do then is to say, how can we take individuals with what you are able to do, not what you're not able to do, but what you're able to do, and how can we get you involved in the work of this congregation? So those are the things that we talked about back in March. With that said, one of the biggest and clearest things that has taken place with the work here that just kind of really grew. I mean, we have, I think, at least 25-plus brethren in this congregation that have gone through orientation, whether through Williamson County or up in Davidson County. And, of course, if you've never been to CDC, this is what it looks like for those that go there. And just off to the side, if you're facing this building over here, off to the right of this is CCA, and we're, we're not there, not yet. Um, but this is where we go on Fridays, and right now we have brethren that are there on Sunday. I thought Phil was going to be there, but apparently Phil needed to be here this morning. But we have brethren that are there right now that are having worship services and are spreading the gospel, and we have a number of women that have responded, have turned, over, uh, turned their lives over to Jesus Christ all throughout this year. And so it's a wonderful opportunity that we've had, that we've been given, and I'm grateful that Jim and Shirley came to be a part of this congregation because that really opened the door for us. I know they don't want, the, yes, amen. I, I don't, they don't want any credit. They know that, but they wanted us to be a part of what they do. And with open arms, we accepted that, that offer, if you will. And, and it's been a great, joyful work that we have in our service to our Lord. We're told in, in Matthew chapter 25, verse 31 following, and particularly here in verse 36, a very important passage. Okay. He says, I was in prison and you came to me. Jesus is saying to his disciples, dealing with the day of judgment, I was this, 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 and when you did it to them, you did it to me. Interesting. He did not qualify who these individuals were. He did not qualify their circumstances in life. He did not say whether they were believers or unbelievers. He said when you did it to the least of these, 
You did it to me. And as a result, we have approximately, and I say approximately because I never keep track of data. (laughs) And it wasn't until I think uh, Kenny, who had been earlier in the year, let me know, based upon what I've learned, we've had about 30 of the women that we've talked to who have been buried with Christ and risen to walk in newness of life. You're talking about women who are so dear and precious to us. But remember what I told you four years ago. At some point, these women will be sitting down right next to you. Right, Trish? And I praise God. You can have ex-murderers, ex-prostitutes, drug addicts, child molesters, armed robbery, and you just go on with the felonies. Do you remember what the Apostle Paul said to his brothers and sisters in Christ in 1 Corinthians? Such were some of you. And I'm so glad, so glad that God has blessed this congregation with the opportunity to have those precious souls who are joined with us. So grateful. In fact, almost on a weekly basis, it seems like in the last month I've been getting letters and I forgot to bring another uh, letter that was written um, to the congregation here from the women that are incarcerated. Telling you how much they love you for your letters, for your prayers, for the visits that we are able to make on Fridays and on Sundays. For some of them, that's what makes their week. Can you believe that? This is Megan Jurgen. I don't know if she's about 20 years old. Her face says it all when she came up out of that water. And her face, I wish I had pictures taken for for so many of the other women that we were not able to get photos of. Just crying. This huge burden lifted from their life. That's because we have brethren that are taking the time to go and share the good news of Jesus. And when I say share the good news of Jesus, I'm not just saying that we're just there to, to just teach God word, God's word, but to actually give them, as best as we are able, in all of our flaws, the love of Jesus Christ. I don't know if it's Richard that says it or Jimmy. You know, you, they don't know how much you care until you, I don't know. You guys know what the rest of that phrase is. <laughs> but they know that we love them. Genuinely know it. And we hear it on a weekly basis, individual conversations saying, I know you, you genuinely care for our lives and our souls. And that's why we get a lot of phone calls. Um, during the ending of this year, we've got a lot of phone calls from people in the community and, and our women that have come out of the jails because of the genuine care that we've had for them while they've been incarcerated. This is a wonderful picture. I wish I could get the whole 360 degree. This is at our graduation, if you will, after the last class that we've had. And we did one of those panoramic type shots. And how beautiful this picture. In fact, I was just looking at Robin. I know Robin's made some baskets. And I think this is Yvette that we're going to send one of the baskets to. This is Candace. And she just wrote us a letter. She gave her life to the Lord just a few weeks ago. Uh, Maria Combs has. Um, Francisca Urbina. And, of course, this is Angela Camardo, who just uh, was baptized uh, a few weeks ago. 
Kanika Staten. She just turned to the Lord. Uh, just great, great opportunities that we've had. Brethren, this is who you're praying for. And God willing, some of these women that you're seeing in this picture will be here as well. They've said as much. I know why Vet says she wants to come and worship with, with us when, when she has the opportunity uh, to do so. And um, we'll, we'll see what happens. But I'm just telling you how wonderful these opportunities are. Well, the other thing that we started um, thinking about, and this was a result of Bonnie. Earlier when, when Bonnie just was released from jail, one of the first things that she wanted to do to spend her time was to crochet. And I said, well, what is this that you're crocheting? And she said, it's going to be a blanket for this fall because when fall comes around, there's homeless people that I know of. They're going to they're gonna be very cold. I thought, you know, we're in Williamson County, but Davidson County is just right up the road. We have 5,000 homeless in Nashville. 5,000. That's a whole lot of thousands, by the way. Too many. And we, we know that as a congregation, we cannot help everyone. And we know that we, when we are trying to um, help all men, we do so especially to the household of faith. We understand that. But as individuals within this body, these are God's special creation, as special as you are. These are your kinsmen in the flesh, if you will. They're Americans. They live in and among us. And so we decided to go ahead and, and see if we could share our meals with them, take our lunches with us, and, and go out into our community. Well, circumstances didn't allow us to do it exactly the way we had intended. But to make a long story short, we spent one of the days going out um, to a place called the Sanctuary. That's a, they just fenced it up and called it the Sanctuary over time. It's off of Green Street where um, John Biles had his business uh, workshop at. And so we took about 100 jackets and what have you, and we brought food, and uh, Richard, I think, got some barbecue for them, and, and we just went out and shared the day with them. How wonderful, because that has given me opportunities now, through this here, to go throughout other parts of Nashville and provide clothing for people that did not have winter clothing. So how wonderful that through this connection was made. But we had um, not only um, families, but even families with children that were brought for this work. And I'm telling you, there have been a few of you that have said to me privately, this is my passion. I want to help individuals that are homeless. Jail, I don't, I, that's not my thing. The things that I'm going to be talking about in the next, not my thing, but this is. And so what a great opportunity that we've had. And, and we've gone back, or at least I have, and, and others have said that they wanted to go back more regularly. And so we're going to see if this is something that we're able to do more and more, especially during the winter months um, when they're so cold. Our, our neighbors are. Um, got a big mug shot of Clay. <laughs> I, know, I know Clay would like that. <laughs> but that, one of the other things that we were doing this year is working with the, the teenagers in Franklin. We had young families in this congregation, kind of spearheaded by Dave and Jen uh, Barler. And so we had among them other young families, other young couples that were going out to the kids in Franklin and, and spending time with them and encouraging them. And long story short, things kind of evolved where we are now having a connection with this group, this group home called My Friend's House here in Franklin. And beginning in the next uh, few weeks, I'm going to start having Bible studies with these young men. They're ages about 13 to 17 or 12 to 18 at the, at the widest range, if you will. But the opportunity is there for that. 
But also, we have children whose parents or guardians have been incarcerated. And so there's a camp up near Hendersonville called Camp Cope in June where we can go and spend a week with these children, if you will, and young teenagers and try and encourage them. Some of them, this is the only time they get to hear the gospel. The only time. What a great opportunity having a week to work with them. And for you parents that want your teenagers to be involved in this, there's always junior counselors. That's how Clay got in um, last year. Clay, good experience, right? Really is. It's, in fact, life-changing. As a side note, I said this once this year, and I'm going to say it one more time because I mean it from the bottom of my heart. If I look at Clay, and I'll be straight up honest, even with mom and dad over here, there's a lot about Clay that is immature. Why'd you say that, Mitch, in front of everybody? I'm sorry, Clay. <laughs> and there's a whole lot of Clay that has grown up this past year that I am honored to call him my brother in Christ. And I mean it, Clay. I can tell you about all my weaknesses because you guys already know it. I've shared some of it. Julie shares more. <laughs> my children shares even more. So I have my flaws, my weaknesses, my sins. We all have ours. But what I saw in Clay was a young man growing up a lot. It was an awesome, awesome experience. It, and I use the word awesome because it was. It's life-changing. It's so wonderful. And so these are things that, that have been going on as we're reaching out into the community. But, you know, the body of Christ, you know, how is it that we're going to be able to do this is if we are stronger and closer together as a congregation. And one of the things that we've been doing the last uh, few years since we moved into our house is to have monthly potlucks, our gatherings. And I love how now we have basically about 90 to 100 of, of brethren from the congregation that come on a monthly basis from the spring to the fall. How wonderful, because these are moments, not necessarily right here at the building when, when we hear a sermon, when we're praising our God, great opportunities to be stirred up. But you don't get to really know each other unless you're in each other's lives. And these are the times when that happens. Whether it's here, going out into the community, we have times where we share time together. And of course, as a result, we have brethren that we'll always love forever, even if they leave us. So great opportunities where we have these monthly gatherings another thing that we do is to work with a young here and it's been evident as more and more of our children are getting actively involved you know not just having children separated from us but in the midst having fellowship and teaching our children to have fellowship worshiping our god praising our god and so through the positive reinforcement of being caught in the act you know we have these uh right now with the singing that's going on i think phil even has something today for that is that we're gonna be done today Don is, okay, Don's going to even talk about that after our service is over today. But we have wonderful opportunities where we can encourage our children to get involved. And not just through Caught in the Act. I didn't have other kids' pictures, otherwise I would have used it. But this was just from yesterday, where we went over to Wayne and Erica's house. I don't know their last name. And I don't see the barlers here with us. <laughs> oh, there you are, Jen. I don't know their last name, but, but we went over to their house. And it's great not just brethren doing this, but getting our young involved. Having children that do this as a part of what we do as a church, as a congregation, what we do individually, what we do collectively, they need to be involved in. And I'm telling you, it is, again, part of the culture of the body of Christ 
to when, when, when they grow up, this is what they do. They have the love of Jesus Christ being exploited, if you will, in our community. So these are ways that we get our young involved. This is an area that I know we're weak in. By the way, our singing, from a fleshly standpoint, we have much to be desired as far as that. And I hate this. I'm not trying to be a downer. We're not a singing congregation. <laughs> I've been in congregations that are known as singing congregations, whether it's Eastside in Columbia. Dan knows the congregation very well. Others like um, in Houston, I forget, um, Katie, I forget which one. Uh, the wonderful congregations that are known, have a reputation for their singing. And brethren, take the time and the energy, the effort, if you will, to learn how to sing so to maximize the talents that God has given to us. And not, of all, not all of us are singers. I know I don't have a good singing voice. That's just, I mean, I don't. But I love praising my God in song. And I know that for, for whatever that we don't have talent-wise, if we are praising our God, how encouraging. If anyone is cheerful, let him sing. Well, <laughs> I'm cheerful. <laughs> I can sing all day long. That's what God wants from us. When we have the opportunity to come together and sing, whether it's here at the building, whether it's going to be in one of the back rooms or out of here if we're at each other's homes, take advantage of those moments. Again, it's not just for us just to fill some time up and do something. It's genuinely encourage one another. And believe it or not, the more that come together, the more beautiful it is and more encouraging even to the fleshly ear. So these are things, though, that, that we do to try and build up the body. Now this, I could have had about 40 photos. <laughs> I, could, I couldn't pick uh, as many, or I couldn't pick too many uh, pictures, but I could only fit so many on the screen. I wanted to see this. We started back in the summer picking up our groups that we used to have um, from a couple years ago, and I know it's been very encouraging for many of you in these group settings, but how awesome that Christians get to know each other personally, not just right here, but get to know our ups and our downs, our strengths and our weaknesses, what's going on in our daily lives. That's the whole purpose of these group meetings that we've had. And so these are things that, that we've done, and then for a number of other reasons, just because we love one another, our, our family, our brothers and sisters in Christ, whether it's making a meal for one of the ladies that are, are pregnant or one of the families that are sick or whatever the reason is that we're making meals for the next two weeks or three or four weeks for each family. Um, or because we love a brother in Christ that we go and enter into a race um, up, you know, for the Brown Center on Ben's behalf. Or if it's with, with Bonnie's situation and she's just getting out and she's our sister in Christ and we want to uh, encourage her. These are all kinds of things that we do because we love each other. Galatians 6, right? Verse 10, do good unto all men, especially the house of the faith. And so these are the things that if you were to go back, and I know I'm not very good at taking pictures or posting on Facebook regularly and everything. I forgot half the stuff that went on this year. There's a lot more. In fact, last night around midnight, I lost half of this PowerPoint. And so we only got a small taste of all that would have been on here this morning. But it gives you an idea of things that are going on with the work here. Well, what's going to happen is in March, at the end of March, we're going to go back with the elders' retreat, and the elders are going to discuss, you know, what is it that we want to focus on to help us grow this year, this coming year? Well, in reflecting upon 2014, I want you to know 
my personal observation, not knowing what goes on every single day in each of your lives, whether you're taking care of your family, which is a great service to the Lord. And if you're taking care of your family and it's all of your time and you're not able to do some of the things that we're talking about here, please do not beat yourself up. What you do, do it unto the Lord. Do it well. And we'll try to support and help you if, if we can in that endeavor. But I know you've got burdens that you've got to fulfill because you love your family and you, got, you need to take care of your family. Or because you're raising young children and that takes up a lot of your time and energy and you can't just do anything else beyond that. You are in whatever season of life that you are, but use it to the glory of God. But in the meantime, with the work of the church, there's many of us in various capacities with various talents that we can pull together and do the things that we're doing that we've done in 2014 and do even more, even better, because I know in my mind the cogs have just begun, and now it's a matter of just rolling with what we're doing and, and reaching the gospel so that many more souls can be reached. Isn't that the work of the church? Seek and save the lost? Sure is. To build up the saved? Absolutely. Here's some things that are, that are taking place. Number one, whether this happens or not, we'll see. Um, and I'll share with you why. One of the things with regard to Bonnie, and the reason why Bonnie is not here, I just found out last week because I, I just finally confronted her about it. I asked her permission to share with you her felony as to why she's not able to ever find a place to live. But because I shared with you her particular felony, she is too embarrassed to be here. She believes she will be judged. I said, Bonnie, your past is your past. You died with that old man of sin. Brethren, do you realize that's what happened to her? That old Bonnie is dead. When she was buried with Christ and rose to walk in newness of life, she is put on Jesus Christ. Jesus is in her life. And while she has a lot of baggage from her past that still haunts her in many ways, she wants to give her life to the Lord and does it in ways that I find absolutely amazing in light of her family situation, in light of her poverty, in light of many other circumstances. And here's an opportunity that has just arisen just a few days ago one of our brethren here has property, has a home, and has a mobile home on it and is allowing Bonnie to live there. That's huge. How many people have an opportunity given to them like that? I mean, you have a place to live. Bonnie right now lives in a motel week to week that costs more expensive than most of our mortgages here. When we went to go see her just a few days ago, she was eating bread because that's all she could afford. She had gone three days without food. This is your sister in Christ, brethren. And so by virtue of our benevolence that we use, we're able to go grocery shopping, get her food, and have her sit down and say, here's an opportunity for you. Brethren, if she... And she says she has accepted the offer with much tears because she does not want to leave 
people that she feels like she's going to up and leave them, her family, her friends of her, of her past. And not that she partakes in any of the, the, the lifestyle of a past, but that she's trying to help them to come to the Lord. You spend time with her, spend time with Trish that Wanda does so wonderfully. Spend time with, with others that, that we've come to know over the last year, year and a half. And brethren, you cannot help but have your life changed. Can't help it. 2015 can be much, much more of this. I shared with you as, as we close here, I shared with you, we have a, a family that I knew from, Julie and I knew from when we were in St. Louis about 20, 22, 23 years ago. And um, she and her husband have been so encouraged by the work that's going on here at Franklin that they gave us a couple of thousand dollars to add to we can help our neighbors on the streets to help with the work in the jail. You see how much it's affecting not just the church here, but just by sharing what God is doing through you we have brethren that are encouraged and want to be a part of the work in some way. Even if they can't live here in, in Middle Tennessee, they say, hey, we can help in some way. I hope this review encourages you to see what, what can be done in the next year. I really hope it does. There's a lot of opportunity for us to reach the gospel to so many precious souls. And I hope we can do so one soul at a time, one precious soul at a time. Now, if that doesn't encourage you, I don't know what will. <laughs> I, I'm telling you this from a personal experience, being as unbiased as I can be. I have never been more encouraged in my life as I am right now. And I mean it from the bottom of my heart. I mean it so sincerely. I've never been more encouraged. We've got a lot of areas that we can grow in. We've got a lot of areas that we can work on. But I'm very encouraged. I'm encouraged by our young. I'm encouraged by young families, young couples. I'm encouraged by our older brothers and sisters in Christ who are doing things they've never done before. How wonderful. All I can do is keep praising God. And by the way, when I'm at home, particularly when I'm all by myself and I can just belt it out, I sing songs just praising God. <laughs> just because how encouraged I am with what's going on with the work. I don't know if the song of invitation is on the screen or not. I'm almost afraid to go to a song right now. Is that, is that the, no, it's not. <laughs> well, it just goes to show this is perfect. <laughs> we need the Lord. We really do in all kinds of ways, <laughs> including our songs. <laughs> but uh, I want you to, whatever the song, wait, I think the song is it 279, 280. I have decided to follow Jesus. Don't mind that thing up there. Open your songbook to 280, and we're going to be led in, in the closing song. But if you need the Lord, I want you to know, you may not realize that you do. But without him, you are as broken and impoverished and may not even realize it. If you do realize it, he wants you to die to yourself and be buried with him so that you may raise to walk in newness of life. That's what he wants. What a great invitation that he offers you. If you're willing and ready, come to him this very moment. We don't have a baptistry ready for you because something happened to it. But we got a nice cold creek outside. <laughs> or we got some other place that we could have you uh, washed in your sins, wash those sins away. But we'll take care of that if we can because God is good. He can do that. And brethren, if you've not been 
working for the Lord the way I know you want to, and you want to make that change, what a great opportunity for a New Year's resolution and do it at starting 2014 to finish off the year. What a great way. Why not take advantage of these opportunities? Right now, together we stand and sing.